This is Think Retail, a podcast where top designers, strategists, thought leaders, and business people discuss what's coming next. Hi, I'm Melinda, and you're listening to Think Retail. In a world where distribution channels are becoming more and more tailored to specific locations, consumers, and products, technology is enabling innovation that would have been impossible only a few years ago. Today, we're speaking to Corey Yantha, CEO of Dispension Inc., about a very unique way to sell a specific kind of product and the potential application to a wide range of scenarios. Corey, welcome, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to our conversation today. Great. Can you start us off by just telling us a little bit about you? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Corey Yantha, CEO, President, and Founder of Dispension Industries. Uh, we're a Dartmouth-based uh, health and life sciences tech company, uh, and we're really focused on using secure, automated uh, kiosks to distribute restricted products in a data-driven way. That's exactly what I wanted you to tell me a little bit more about. Tell us how this works. Yeah. Um, so we think we're going to fundamentally disrupt the way restricted products are distributed um, with our secure automated self-checkout kiosks. So we're really focused on using technology to allow people to access restricted products in an unattended way. Um, and we're talking about some of the biggest markets on the planet. Uh, you've got pharmaceuticals, alcohol, cannabis, nicotine, lottery, and now psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these are more than... Uh, trillion dollar industries globally. So um, we think that there's a huge opportunity here to uh, use technology to distribute these products more securely in an unintended way. And then, you know, with all that data that comes with it. So you, an, in an unintended way, can you describe physically what this kiosk looks like and how it works? Yeah, um, so our kiosks take different shapes and sizes. It depends really on the vertical. But if you think about, uh, you know, a sophisticated vending machine or an automated retail kiosk, uh, we've used that as the base model. And then we've modified uh, those kiosks with advanced biometrics and different ancillary devices in order for us to be able to ID people in a low barrier way at the kiosk. Um, So by using advanced biometrics and automated technology, we can verify people um, with 100% certainty at the point of sale and allow them to access these restricted products that would traditionally require um, human oversight. You know, I think the reason why we need to change the current system is because it's really unreliable, costly, and unsafe. So the way that people have accessed restricted products uh, over, you know, the many decades um, has required human verification. And human verification has a number of issues. Um, It can be scammed and faked. People take sick days. Uh, It really comes down to human judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, the other issues are that a lot of these restricted products are sold from brick and mortar. And these brick and mortar facilities have access limitations. And then there's, you know, hours of operation and cost of service. Uh, So we think that by using low barrier, scalable technology, we can provide access to restricted products to more people at more hours of the day. So, and that I, I assume that would also impact remote communities and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Remote communities is a, a big um, opportunity for us, specifically on the, uh, the recreational cannabis side. 
how are you going to combat the black market if you can't provide low cost access to these products to you know all Canadians or or really uh, people in rural and remote communities? Um, and you know the cost to service these communities are often very high. So we have provided uh, you know government distributors with a technology solution that will allow them to provide access to all of these rural and remote communities in a, in a really cost-effective but data-driven way um, that also you know, protects the physical safety of the products and reduces you know, that face-to-face contact that uh, I think people are very concerned about uh, in the post-COVID era. Right. So, I mean, theoretically, I just want to kind of walk through this as if I'm a customer. I, let's say I want to purchase cannabis products. I can go up to a kiosk and it will recognize me through biometrics. How does that process work? Do I need to be registered? It's a good question. Depending on the market vertical, there are different biometric systems that we can use in order to effectively age gate consumers at the point of sale. Um, So if it's for a retail product like cannabis, recreational cannabis, you don't maybe want those barriers of pre-enrollment. So what we use is a document authentication system that compares the person's face at the kiosk to the document and does a one-to-one comparison really in real time and can authenticate them within a few seconds to access the products inside the kiosk. Okay. Um, and then there's other systems that uh, use a pre-enrollment where someone can access kiosks by simply scanning their palm. Uh, and that's much more effective in a medical setting with a patient group okay. um, because you know, a patient, especially in a vulnerable community, and we'll talk to, the, talk to that a bit later, doesn't require ID or a cell phone. You can just simply scan your palm. So there's a number of different authentication systems that we've integrated into our kiosk for different purposes, but really we're trying to provide low barrier access to these products to uh, you know, specific consumers. Okay, so, so where is this being used right now? Are the, I mean, are the machines in use? And if you could tell us a little bit about that, that would be really interesting. As of today, uh, we have five machines in the market. Uh, they're located in BC, Ontario, Nova Scotia, and they're part of um, a harm reduction program where we're providing people with access to safe pharmaceutical grade opioids to prevent overdose deaths uh, and their dependency on the illicit market. Um, so this project is called the MySafe Project, and it's received you know international media attention. And we think that it's um, a very scalable way to prevent overdose deaths and reduce the impact that the overdose crisis is having on society. So at one point in uh, 2018, I had uh, met Dr. Mark Tyndall, who, is, uh, who was at the time the executive medical director of the BC Center for Disease Control. And it was really his responsibility to figure out how we're going to um, prevent overdose deaths. And at one point he mentioned in a um, an off-the-cuff interview that uh, the problem was so bad that maybe we'd have to put, you know, drugs in vending machines in order to get them to everybody that needs them. And I read his comments in the Toronto Star, and I actually uh, called him and asked him if he had ever thought about the technology that would be used. And uh, he said, uh, you know, he just kind of said it, and then. Um, he was asked about it 20 times over the next few weeks and realized uh, it was maybe one of the best ideas he ever had. Um, so, you know, from that point on, we started developing this program, the MySafe project, which used secure automated technology 
to really support the maybe public health and safety challenges of the overdose crisis and providing people with low barrier, destigmatized access to a pharmaceutical grade drug to reduce their need to, you know, commit crimes and then reduce the impact of uh, overdosing on first responders and the court systems. So it was really about using technology to solve a real problem and then taking that technology and now further expanding it into uh, three provinces. So um, right now we have about 240 participants uh, using our program and we intend on scaling that further. But Dispension really is just the technology provider for that program. Um, we also are developing solutions for cannabis distribution and for pharmaceutical distribution in other areas. So currently, um, you know, we do have opportunities in other spaces, specifically uh, distributing naloxone kits and, and some over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, but we have um, some big aspirations in this space. So how is the MySafe program going so far? Yeah, the MySafe program has been uh, a huge success so far. As of uh, you know, last month, we have distributed over 5,000 packets of safe prescribed opioids to prevent overdose deaths. And wow. uh, based on Health Canada's funding in uh, February, we've been able to expand that program to five communities across the country. Uh, so we're able to have even more of an impact on these vulnerable communities than just the one pilot machine, um, which was operating since uh, December of 2019. So the, uh, the MySafe program has received $3.5 million in funding from Health Canada. And we have definitely started with the highest bar, uh, which mm -hmm. is Ed one narcotics. And so that's really prepared us for other market verticals. And based on the harm reduction approach that we're taking, um, we are using technology to reduce the impacts of, uh, you know, these, um, these public health and safety challenges, which are not just visible here in Canada, but there's, you know, obviously an overdose crisis in the United States and every single country in the whole world distributes restricted products. So um, we think there's a huge opportunity globally for this type of technology. It's, it's wonderful. Um, in, in terms of privacy, so biometric authentication is still relatively new and we can probably expect some regulations. How are you preparing for that? Currently, all of our data is compliant with you know, either health record requirements or personally identifiable information uh, requirements. We meet PIPEDA standards. Um, we're building towards HIPAA uh, and we're you know, compliant with all of the current data privacy standards. So we do understand that biometric data can be very um, incriminating in a way, uh, mm -hmm. specifically when you're talking about facial recognition. Uh, the technology that we're using currently for the MySafe program uses your internal vein pattern in your palm. So it's actually quite anonymized and low barrier uh, and participants aren't uh, as concerned with that information because it's anonymized and it's, it's a numeric hash. So you can't be connected um, through your internal vein pattern to any of the products that you're accessing. So we think that this is a very private biometric system, but we are currently, uh, you know, working within the privacy uh, regulations that exist here in Canada, and we're working towards uh, the United States regulations as well. Great. And you've mentioned a little bit about some of the applications that you see for other products and industries. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, the uh, the applications and use cases are really endless. Um, so what we're doing is we're looking at um, how we can improve the way things are currently being done. And it comes down to providing, you know, a secure solution that can identify people uh, and distribute them restricted products. So you can, you can think about use cases in, you know, pharmacies for prescription pickups um, for, you know, distributing over the counter medication for extending access to healthcare services, really. There's, uh, you know, a use case in ambulances where uh, their lockers are frequently um, broken into, even when they're making stops at, at calls. So preventing theft of drugs on board, preventing diversion of those drugs using these kiosks for university campuses um, to provide access to, you know, whether it's virtual care or commonly prescribed medications to an isolated population like a university campus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, you know, opportunities with ward stock management and hospitals to prevent uh, theft and diversion. And then we can talk about maybe some more retail applications like the medical cannabis and recreational cannabis side, where you're distributing something that is regulated uh, and needs to go to a specific patient or an age-gated consumer. And then there's lots of use cases for improving adherence to different programs and for clinical trials where you want to track how often people are using these medications or if they're sticking to their medication regimen for something like hep C or HIV. Uh, And then we think that there's a massive opportunity in the stadium of the future for low contact adult beverage distribution. Um, We've been talking with a few stadium operators about, uh, you know, when fans start going to live events again, and there's a huge need for uh, increased number of point of sale uh, to reduce congestion in the concourse. Uh, We're talking about reducing face-to-face contact um, between consumers and staff. So our technology would allow a a stadium operator to increase the numbers of, uh, of places where people can grab a beer, for example. And our kiosks integrate technology which can identify an intoxicated person in a contactless way. It's a contactless payment system and for the most part uses contactless biometrics. So um, we are uh, you know, very excited about the stadium opportunity and um, it's really about using biometrics to understand your consumers better, you know, who's buying what, when, uh, and being able to direct, you know, whether it's important media or collecting information about consumption behaviors um, directly to your fans. We call it fanalytics. Um, So really knowing your fans better and and their consumption behaviors um, will help you uh, cater to their needs and and really, um, you know, provide them with that satisfaction and joy uh, that they're looking for. That's really interesting too, that it can detect intoxication. And that's been, at least in Ontario, it's been a real challenge for servers who are providing alcohol and they can be held criminally responsible if that person then drives away and gets into an accident and causes harm. So that's a, that's a really excellent feature. I wanted to ask a little bit about, we were talking about you know ambulances and you know paramedics having their lockers robbed. Can you talk to me about how secure these kiosks are? Yeah, uh, these kiosks, um, specifically the ones that we're using for the MySafe project, are about uh, 750 pounds, and they're built really with security in mind. Um, So the first step 
for us was to develop a kiosk that was secure uh, and that could prevent theft and tampering of the contents. Uh, so we, um, you know, we used a standard kiosk, we hardened it, uh, we increased the durability of the screen and some of the other components. Uh, we've integrated biometrics to prevent unauthorized access. Uh, we've integrated CCTV cameras and an alarm system that we've developed recently. So these uh, kiosks are really, you know, smart armored uh, dispensing devices. And um, we've done some work with uh, Health Canada, you know, to uh, assess the risk of these kiosks. And those results have been uh, quite favorable uh, as far as the security um, of our kiosks and, and uh, really the reduced risk of human judgment. I think that's one of the main things here. Um, you talk about, uh, you know, a bartender and the liability of serving somebody while they're intoxicated. We're using technology to um, reduce that risk of human judgment. So yeah. even with the intoxication system, uh, Intoxivision, uh, this technology can identify an intoxicated person uh, much more accurately than a human by using advanced algorithms. So technology will improve the way that these products are distributed, will improve the security of the distribution of these products, and it will reduce the liability and the risk to uh, facility operators because of that human judgment aspect. Right. And there's so many interesting um, elements about this type of distribution. And we've covered a lot of different benefits. Are there any that we haven't covered that maybe you want to share with us? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, the main thing that we're really focused on is how can we use technology to improve the way these products are distributed and improve what retailers and distributors know about those consumers. Um, so there's a huge data uh, piece to this as well, where mm -hmm. uh, you can use this data to understand your customers better, but you can also use this for research and evaluation purposes um, for scientific, you know, and academic evaluation to understand the patterns of use for specific populations, especially when it comes to vulnerable communities. So we've been using uh, this technology with, you know, a group of people that are often forgotten about or, um, you know, who are not provided with uh, the kind of the state of the art treatment. And so it's really an interesting dynamic where you have people who are part of a very vulnerable group, but they're using high tech you know, systems to uh, help support their needs. And it's been very interesting, um, the initial data that's come out of this program. Right. And I mean, we all know that that's just sort of the future of medicine is if you have that data, then there's so much you can do that we've never been able to do before. So that's really interesting as well. So I, I'm, I'm curious about where you're, you know, you've mentioned to us that you're, you've got five machines out there and this pilot project and things are going really well. What's coming next for dispension? Uh, yeah, well, um, this year we're uh, we're doing a, a, an investment round. Um, so we currently have a round open uh, for four million dollars, and we've had quite a bit of uh, success and interest there. Um, we are completing a uh, uh, an accelerator that we've been participating in for the last six months. We've been working with Telus and BlackBerry um, to develop a really cool um, IoT 
device. Um, so our kiosk is now the first trusted uh, IoT uh, 5G enabled kiosk in the whole world, which has uh, been a really exciting milestone that we've achieved. But uh, yeah, in 2021, um, we uh, are aiming to have about 75 kiosks in the market. Um, and so there's quite a bit of work that we're doing on the research and development side but also on the business development side. Um, so we've been having good conversations with banner pharmacy retailers, with cannabis re retailers, with stadium operators. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, we're, we're uh, really looking at this as a global business. Um, so we have some opportunities in Israel and in Australia and South Africa for, you know, prescription pickups and medical cannabis. And so we have, um, I think, a lot of really great things going on. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, continuing to grow and, and build the business in order to capitalize on all of these uh, different market verticals. Really very timely as well with the pandemic and really needing that contactless experience. So uh, congratulations, because we're talking to retailers here and you've mentioned a bunch of different uh, verticals which, for which this is relevant. If you were to talk to brands that, that work with controlled substances or gated substances, if you were to give them advice on how biometrics can be leveraged to improve the customer experience, even thinking about things that maybe aren't possible yet, but are coming, what would your advice be? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, call, call dispension now. I think uh, those would be the first things I'd say. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, as far as advice um, to how biometrics can be used, uh, really to leverage the the technology and improve the customer experience, you need to have a secure platform. Um, so we've developed a secure platform um, that can provide these products to consumers in a, in a very convenient way. And by using these advanced biometrics, you collect that personal information and ex extend the chain of custody of that product directly to the consumer. Um, so it really provides you with that chain of custody trail all the way from when the product was created to when it was distributed farther than just the brick and mortar store that sells it. You can connect that product to the end consumer. So we provide, um, you know, brands and retailers with that final leg of the journey for that product. So if uh, a retailer or a brand really wants to know their their consumers better. Uh, they should use uh, our technology so that we can provide them with that information about who's actually using their products and when. Great. Well, this is really exciting and we will link to the Dispension website. So if people are interested in learning about more, they can contact you. Thank you so much for sharing uh, what Dispension is doing with us today. It's really interesting stuff. Thank you so much, Melinda. I really appreciate the opportunity. Technology is enabling us to be remarkably specific about distribution strategy, allowing brands to become more focused on how to get their product to their consumer in a way that best addresses their needs. And what I love about Dispension is that its genesis was all about utilizing technology to overcome a very human problem. And this is how we at SLD think we need to approach all consumer-facing tech integration, regardless of the product or service. The human problem has to be at the core. Pushing technology to drive efficiency has been the mantra for the past 20 years, but that paradigm is shifting now to one that is more human-centered, and Dispension is a great example of that kind of forward thinking. If you'd like to get in touch with Corey, you can find him at dispension.ca, and I'll link to the site in our podcast transcript. Thanks for listening to Think Retail. 
For more information about Think Retail, you can reach us at info at sld.com. For more episodes, visit us online at sld.com slash podcast. Next time, we discuss SLD's Deep Real Report and how brands can build trust in an age of misinformation. We hope you'll join us.